Check. Check.
Good evening. Did everybody have a good day today? I had a great day today. Boy, how about the service this morning? Was that wonderful? Amen. Some of you were here. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've come back to church tonight, Sunday night here at Stratford Heights. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful service. The pastor is here, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. We do want to make one quick announcement for a Wednesday night. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, the pastor is going to be starting a new series called Good or God. Good or God, it's a John Bevere book, and it's a series based on that. And it's going to be a wonderful time of preaching and teaching, and the pastor starts this Wednesday night here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. You want to come out and be a part of that. With that being said, we're going to get out in the aisles. We're going to look for those people that we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe we'll give some high fives, some handshakes, whatever you feel like doing. Let's, look, let's just greet one another.
Amen. Before you're seated tonight, I just want to ask you one question. Are you thankful tonight? Are you thankful for the blessings that God has given you? I'll tell you, Teresa, she said so many great things this morning. One thing that, that stuck in my mind all day is she says we should be so thankful for the church that God has given us. She said we should appreciate so much the presence of God that, that our ministers and, and our worship team and all of that desire to bring us into because we don't experience that everywhere we go. But tonight we are thankful, not in a prideful way, but in a broken and humble way that we can come into the house of God and know that we can experience a risen Savior and we could come together with other believers that are hungry, not just to, to, to put their time card in and go home, but to experience Jesus Christ in our midst, in our presence. I'm thankful for that tonight, and I know you are. Would you clap your hands if you're thankful? Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Just an incredible night, incredible time of year. I know that there's gloom and doom all around us, and lots of that is being preached, but I belong to Jesus, and I have no reason to be afraid, to fear, or fret, because I know in whom I have believed. I have been reading this scripture, and it has been tearing me up. And I've been praying about this. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I, I love to... to I love to participate in, in No Shave November. I wish I could tell you that it's a noble cause, but I just like to grow a beard out and look cool for at least one month out of the year. My wife always so uh, strategically places family pictures in the middle of that to make me shave because she doesn't like it when I have a beard. But as I was growing it out the other day, I noticed I have a gray streak just coming right here. of just... And th this scripture was in my devotions the other day, and I realized I played football last week, and I am wasting away outwardly, but Jesus has been doing a new thing inwardly. And that day by day, no matter the mistakes that I've made in my past, no matter the voices of the enemy trying to tell me that I can't make it, that it won't happen, that I'm not worthy, day by day, the Lord Jesus Christ is renewing me and putting in me an eternal hope that's in Him. That's in Christ Jesus our Lord, and I want to participate in that. As you tonight be prayerful about our ushers come tonight, we're going to give in tonight's offering. But as we go through our week and as we go through our resources that God has given us, and we, we think about all of the things that we spend so much time on and we spend so much resource on, but is it on the outward things that are wasting away, or is it upon the things that are inward, that are being renewed day by day. I believe that when we give, it's given back to us, and we're obedient in that manner. But I pray this prayer as we give tonight, and I pray this prayer as we live tonight and live this week, is that we'd be reminded that the focus of what is God is doing on the inside of us should be number one priority in our life. 
And we are ever so thankful for that. God, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for your presence that we feel for your people. God, there's nothing like the fellowship of believers that get together that are overflowing with joy and peace by the Holy Spirit, God, in your presence. God, we love you. We praise you. We're so thankful for everyone that's here tonight, their families. God, I pray you'd put your hand upon them in such a special and powerful way, God, that they'd be identified as being with you, God, as being yours. And Father, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, we all love to receive gifts. And it's getting the time of the year when we start to think about buying gifts for our loved ones. You know, Ephesians tells us that God has a, a precious gift for us. And it's through our faith that we can receive this gift but if we don't receive it, it's just like any other gift that we have. If we don't open it up, it's just there. But when we receive it and walk in faith, that we will know that we are saved by grace. So listen to the words to this song as we sing, Saved by Grace. Saved by grace, I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life, and my sins are washed away. Saved by grace, I've been saved by grace. It's not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace. I was alone in the darkness. I could not find my way. Jesus shined a light on me and then he turned on my light today. Now I am saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. My name is in the book of life and my sins are washed away. Saved by grace. I've been saved by grace. The gates swing open wide Oh, I'm gonna sing redemption story Of how he brought me from the other side When I reach that city The gates swing open wide I'm gonna sing redemption story Of how he brought me from the other side Now I am saved by grace I've been saved by grace away, saved by grace, I've been saved by grace, it's not what I deserve, but I'm saved by grace, saved by grace, I've been 
situations come in our lives when something just comes out of nowhere and it's more than we can bear and we think Lord why me why me and we don't understand situations then there might come a time when we receive a precious gift, a gift of love, and you think, Lord, why me? What did I do to deserve this? But when we understand that God loves us, and he will never forsake us, that's his promise to us. And no matter what the situation, whether good or bad, love will come calling. On a stormy sea of Galilee, where he said, Peter, come to me, he was calling, love came calling, to the dead man Lazarus in the grave. 
you glad tonight for I don't know when it was the day the hour I don't know where you were but you glad when the Lord started knocking on your door but you glad when he touched your heart let you know that heaven knew right where you were I want you to stand with me tonight thank you men of valor gentlemen are getting world famous they travel around they minister in churches and sing and it's always a special treat when we're able to have them right here at home we love them and appreciate that that wonderful song love came calling while I was sitting there as soon as I started hearing it I thought wow that's that's beautiful to the heart 
And it goes right along with, again, what I'm preaching tonight, preaching on one touch. One touch. There have been many times in my life when all I needed was just one touch. I knew that if I could get to the presence of the Lord, if I could just get off somewhere. I don't know if you've ever been in this kind of spot, but there have been times that I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I would take off, get to my house as quickly as I could, and there I would get off in my prayer closet, and I would just get in the presence of the Lord. I needed that one touch. I'm telling you that it makes all the difference in the world. And when we look at the Word of God, we see all through the Word different times when it was just one touch. Do you remember when He touched your heart? Can you go back over your life and remember times when you knew that heaven was touching your heart, your soul? Do you remember times when you were faced with confusion and troubles and trials and yet you felt God suddenly come on the scene, give you peace, Terry, speak to you and let you know that it's going to be all right. I feel very strongly I had this message on my heart and I, I feel like this is a word for someone tonight and some of you, the Lord had told me that you'd be here and I just glanced across the audience just to make sure you were and you are. I'm not going to look at you. It's laid on my heart that people needed this message tonight. So I want you to stay close. I don't want you to go far. Because we're going to get one touch tonight. We're going to get a touch of God in this house. I want you to turn in your scripture. If you would help me, Doug, turn this up just a little bit. I feel... I need to, you may, how many, you all hear it pretty good? Y'all hear it good out there? Maybe I need a little more up here. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, turn in the word of God. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. I love to hear the word turning like that, the pages, that's so cool. In a day of glows, and there are glows all over the sanctuary. I'm thankful for the glows. Thank God for the glows. Sandra, thank God for the glow. You know, sometimes it, it almost makes you look like Moses. When he, when he... However you got the word of God. However you got it. And let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Talking about Jesus. When he had come down from the mountain... Great multitudes followed him, followed him, and behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now we're talking about a leper. Behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put his, out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Now that's not a big passage of scripture, but it's powerful. It says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Father, we come to you tonight, and we ask you to touch us by your word. Minister in this service, I pray that 
the anointing of the Holy Ghost that makes preaching easy, that causes folks to not listen or look to me, but hear from you, a message from heaven. I pray in the name of the Lord, we'd be challenged and spoken to by your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would continue as we pray tonight for the Williams family and for the Beckett family. Touch them as they have lost. Lord, we know that these precious folks are in your presence, Nancy and Danny. We just ask you to touch their families that remain. Be with them, God. We know that you are the comfort. You are the, the refuge in the midst of the storm. We ask you to touch them with the comfort that comes only from your Holy Spirit as we ask your work to be done in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to recognize it's good to always see uh, our wonderful friends, the Reverend Fred and Billy Napier. I want you all to stand. We love you when you come. Just stand because we want to appreciate you and, and welcome you into service tonight. These are senior adult ministers over at Princeton Pike, and we're always glad when they get to slip in and be with us. And I don't know how or why they come. It must have something to do with their daughter and their son-in-law. But we appreciate them being here tonight. You know, as humans, we possess five senses we learn in school. Five senses. Sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. And these things are pretty important to us as human beings. As a matter of fact... They're important to our existence. Most all that we do in life centers around these five senses at work. It helps us to understand the world around us, the, the people around us, our life. We know that the world around us, we know the world around us by our senses. No matter which, which ones we're looking at, the food that we like, we know them by our senses of smell, taste, and even touch. I know that in my own life, if I don't like tomatoes, and I don't like them because of their texture. It has nothing to do with the taste. I love Italian food. I can eat salsa and sauce, and I can eat all kinds of tacos. I can eat anything that has tomatoes in it. But don't give me a tomato, because that, that rubbery kind of outside with that mushy inside, I can't handle that. I don't like it. You can't bite into it. If you bite into it, it just sprays everywhere and then you feel like you've killed something I don't like tomatoes green ones red ones yellow ones I don't like any of them but I love Italian food the music we like by our hearing things we love by what we see flowers we know we love them by their smells and by the way they look we notice the skies at night we know when it's dark and it's light by our sight but Senses are important to who we are. We, we have this sense of hearing, this sense of taste and smell and sight and touch. And as we look at these things, some we know have experienced loss of senses. But what's amazing about that is we've studied and research has shown that a lot of times where someone loses one of those senses, another sense just kind of steps forward and begins to be an overpowering force to help them to really compensate for the loss. It's amazing how God has made our bodies, made our bodies to naturally kind of adapt and take care of itself and even heal. But of all the senses, there's one that, that I think is the, the super sense. 
of all other senses, and that's the, the sense of touch. From a little baby, we first placed in our mother's arms, our father's arms, and when those arms are wrapped around that little baby, they begin to understand the importance of touch. They begin to understand the security. They know what it, what it is to feel safe. They say that the baby's first two years of life, that it's so important that the families hold them and take care of them and are very careful with them. You learn more, believe it or not, in your first two years of life than you do any other time in your life. What you do with your child and how you cuddle your child and love your child and speak to your child and how you react to your child in those first two years is more important than any other time in their lives. Now you say, but that doesn't make sense because at least when they're 12, I can reason with them. I can ground them. It's more important that sense of love and security and personality. They say personalities developed in the first two years. What kind of behavior, what kind of person they are is all based on those first couple years. And the number one love language of a, two, of, a, of a baby born to two years old is touch. How you caress them, love them, hold them. Touch covers it. Covers it all. And everyone has touch. According to neurogenetics at the University of Tennessee, the human body has 95 to 100 billion nerve cells. 100 billion. From top of your head to the soles of your feet, you have nerve endings in you that literally 95,000 miles of sensation going through your body. If I lose this arm, I've still got about 80,000 miles left. Touch is something that everyone experiences. And I've never really heard of anybody who from head to foot had no sense of touch. Had no sense of feeling and sensation. No wonder a neck massage feels so good. Touch is important from a leaf to a face to clothes and material and how it feels to cars, metal, wood. You tell the difference, all these things by touch. It's important. These things are, are vital and essential to our existence. There are times when we reach out and we deliberately touch objects because we want to connect with them. We, we connect with people in our church. We're, we're known to shake hands with folks. We want to connect with people. You, you might hug someone who's going through a hard time and you're wanting to show affection and love to them, care for them, passion, tenderness. You want to help someone. Sometimes we touch things out of curiosity. I, I was privileged several years ago to go and, and be at the Buckingham Palace. And as I was walking through taking a tour of Buckingham Palace, I was amazed at all the things that were there. There, there, there was a, a piano that was given to uh, Queen Victoria from Mozart. And it was sitting right there just in the room. Nothing around it. No ropes or glass or nothing. And I just sat there. And as we were listening to the guide and we were watching, I kept looking at the piano. And I finally made my way over as the crowd was walking. And I was like, I was like, I wanted to touch it. I just wanted to touch it. 
My sister Angie was there, and I, I remember walking out the door, and I, was, I said, I touched Mozart's piano. No, you didn't. I wanted to. I said, I touched it. Walked by the throne, little throne chair where Queen Elizabeth sits and entertains her guests in her little garden, and, and I reached over and just ran my hand down it. I, I'm that guy. I'm the guy you got to put the sign up for, you know. Do not touch. That's me. There are things out of curiosity at times we want to touch. One touch can involve many other emotions and processes too that, that I didn't mention. Most good, but some are even bad. There's bad touch. And touch can, for the good or for the bad, it can change people's lives. Touch can change you. Tonight, I want to talk about a touch in a few minutes that is more superior and more unbelievable than any other human touch there could possibly be. The one touch that changes every life that comes in contact with it. You and I change things by the ministry of touch in our lives. But there's a touch. There's a touch that every man, every woman, boy and girl who has ever found this touch on their heart and on their life has never come away from that touch the same. They've been transformed and changed. It's the touch of Christ. It's the touch of the Lord on your life. I hope that you've already experienced that in your life. I hope that you've not just kind of experienced religion. I hope you've not just kind of experienced a, you know, a, a knowing of, of doctrines or denomination. I hope that you have moved beyond that into the reality of God's touch. There's nothing more amazing in my life at 18 years old when I discovered I had been raised in church all of my life, but those 18 years, it was all about responding to messages, sermons, songs, and preachers, teachers. It was all about responding to what I heard in a very physical way. It, it didn't really move me, but there was one night. There was one night when the message and the songs began to move and to touch me, and something took place that literally transformed and changed me. I sat there, and I had to respond. When I began to sense and feel this supernatural touch from somewhere out there, I said, God, is that You? And I remember I said, Lord, if this is You, if it's You, then I want it more than anything in the world. And if I go down to that altar, and if, if I take this walk, Lord, i got to know that I'm not going to a preacher, that I'm not going to no church service, I'm not joining some club. i got to know that you're real. Your power is real. And that if I get up out of my chair and respond to what I'm, my heart is beating so fast I can hardly stand here. If I respond to you, Lord, i got to know that when I get down to that altar, I'm not just meeting another human, but I'm seeing, sensing, touching you. And in that moment, a message was given out in the camp meeting. And the message, I've never forgotten it. Verbatim, the Word came forth and said, if you will just come to me now, I will make myself real to you. And he said, and I will empower you for my service. I had no idea what all that meant. All I knew was that I felt God was speaking directly to me. I got up and I walked down to that front. And you know what? The reason y'all hear about Hair Arena so much 
The reason you hear about me trailing down there and, and getting that altar at camp meeting and Brother Sergeant and Brother Ron Medley being right there, I didn't even have a clue who they were, but they're the ones who prayed with me the night I got saved, who would later become my pastors and I didn't even know them. God moved in my life in such a way and touched me in such a way that I knew this was from heaven. It was not just a touch. It was not just a sad song. It was not a sad story. It was not just something that I wanted to respond to out of curiosity. I literally felt something touch me, not on the outside. You see, we show affection and touch by hug and embrace and by touching. And, and every now and again, we might touch somebody's senses through a story, but I'm talking about a touch that went all the way deep down into my heart and challenged me. The touch of God. It was the most supernatural moment of my entire life. It stuck so real and it was so powerful that from, this, from that moment to this, 35 years later, I have not wavered in my faith and belief in God not once. I've had troubles. I've had trials. I've had, I've had all kinds of, of situations where I felt... Uh, just attack and I've gone through death and I've gone through sickness and I've gone through hospitals I've walked out of places and I've seen terrible things in my life I've been wounded and hurt and and I've had all these experiences in my life but not one time has any of that ever been powerful enough to negate the touch of that night in my life when you wound me and when you hurt me as people I run to the rock I go, I know I go back to the rock. If I get if under attack or if I go through a, tri a tribulation or a trial or a storm in my life, I've walked away from cemeteries for very special and people that meant the world to me, and, I, and I, I was a little shaken. My faith was a little rocked. But I ran back to my refuge. And there, I went back to the touch. I always go back to the touch. I go back to that place where I was transformed, and when I get there, it's a refuge. When I get there, no wonder they call it in the Word a, a strong tower. No wonder they call it a, a rock you can run to. No wonder it's a covert from the storm. Christ, Christ is supernatural, and He's God. And when He touches, you've got to get that. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you are touched like that, you are not touched by a preacher. You are touched by God. And when you are touched by God, anything can transform and change in that moment. Anything can happen. When He extends His hand into your life and purposely touches you, it cannot be the same. That's why I challenge people. Move on past religion. Move on past all the stuff and the, 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 the things that, that look so superficial in church. Don't ever get lost in the things of this world, the fleshly stuff, the touchy, feely things of humanity. Don't ever serve God out of humanity. Find Him in the Spirit. Let Him touch your life. And when you do, you'll never be the same again. His touch changes you. His touch is an intimate touch. The touch of Christ changes your life it has no boundary it has no limit 
when Jesus turned to that man who had leprosy, one of the most beautiful things about it was, you know, the story in the Word of God was that if you had leprosy, and if you were to see someone with leprosy today, most people would not go near them. As a matter of fact, they were commanded in the Word of God that they would literally have to cry out, unclean! If they'd walk into the marketplace, unclean! I'm unclean, little, little girl, go, go be with your mother. I'm unclean, sir, don't get near me. I just need to pick up a few things here. Unclean. As they walk through the market, as they walk through the streets, as they come down through the little towns. Unclean. So much so that they finally ended up putting them in their own little towns and secluding them and locking them away from all the other humans. But this man who had leprosy found Jesus and dared, dared to look in to the supernatural touch of God. And in that moment, in that moment, Jesus, Jesus touched him. It says he touched him. Where no one else would do that. No one else would go near him. I've met people that others have shunned and they were outcasts and other people wouldn't go near them. I've known even through the years terrible testimonies of people who literally didn't want anything to do with somebody who'd come in the house of God. Thank goodness we've got way beyond that kind of garbage. But Jesus wasn't afraid to touch him and literally touched his leprosy. Unafraid, intimately, unconditionally. God loves us. That means that God loves us unconditionally. Covered in leprosy, covered in sin, in transgressions. The Bible says while we were yet dead in our trespasses and sin, He loved us. The picture you get sometimes of Christ is so different from the reality of Christ. The real Jesus doesn't look very Methodist, Baptist, Church of God, Catholic, Presbyterian, or Nazarene. The real Jesus is full of compassion and love. And while there are so many believers inside all of those churches, the real Jesus is not afraid to touch and transform and change lives to get down in there where they can be healed. One touch touched Simon and it changed him to Peter. He touched Jacob and the old trickster and deceiver became Israel, the prince of God. He touched and transformed Abram, turned him into Abraham. He defeat, a defeated Elijah was touched by God and turned into Elijah, the man who calls down fire. He touched and transformed Moses, and Moses who couldn't even speak and was even a murderer was transformed to be the deliverer and leader of God's people. He touched and transformed Jeremiah and turned him into the weeping prophet of God. James and John, the sons of thunder, became martyrs and apostles of love. Everywhere you see the Word of God where Jesus Christ touched anyone, they were transformed and changed forever. They were literally touched in a powerful way that turned their circumstance around. I want you to hear that tonight because I'm believing that God is going to touch you. 
It's time that we move past the idea of a touch or the hope of a touch. It's time that we come in contact with the Lord who is here. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Do you ever sit there sometimes in your pew at church and look around and and imagine the fact that there are angels all over this building? That there are literally armies of angels all in this house? Do you ever think about the fact that there is a supernatural spiritual realm here right now in this building? That you never go anywhere but what Christ isn't there. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end of the world. He says, he'll never leave. He's here tonight. He's here in this place. His touch is powerful. And he is here with us now. And he wants to transform and change your life. God's touch can change your heart, your nature, your inbred personality. The love and the power of God is able to break. We sing a song around here, break every chain, break every chain. I'm telling you, every chain that has ever tried to put itself, wrap itself up around you can be broken by the touch of God. God can touch blindness and you're healed. He can touch brokenness and you're healed. God can touch. Jesus Christ can touch your life. You may have been... Literally, your life has labeled you, and because of your life, you've been conditioned to act a certain way. Maybe you even got personality problems and issues. Let me tell you, one minute in the presence of God. I love a song that Vicki Yohe sings when she says, One touch, that's all we need. One touch. If we can just get somewhere where the water's stirred, like the man with the pool of Bethesda, if we can just get to that place where we can just get close enough to where the waters are stirred. My prayer as a pastor is that you don't come in here and that everything's just a cute little presentation. I want you to come in here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and all through the week. And I want you to know that when you get here, the fire that Elijah called down will be here on the altar. I want you to know that when you get in this place, the presence of an almighty God who made the heavens and made the stars and put it all out there in place, that that God, not some other God but that God is here in this house and yeah I get a little excited about it I get pretty pumped up about it when I think about the fact that I can gaze out there in the stars I can look at the planets and some nights that moon is just so beautiful when I look at the the beautiful skies of sunsets and I look at the waters and the oceans and the mountains I've seen some beautiful things What's amazing to me is that this earth is only a little touch of what God can do and what He's preparing for those who will stay the course, who will finish and have faith, and will not give in to the humanity and to the flesh of this life and will not get lost in the deceptions around you. But you will see see through it all to a God who is willing to touch your life, transform you and change you, There's a difference when he touches your song. There's a difference when he touches your teaching, your preaching. I sat right over here before I got up to preach and I said, Lord, give me that anointing from your Holy Spirit. I don't want to be a man that speaks up here. I want to be someone, a a messenger of your Holy Ghost and your word. I want to speak so that it touches the hearts of the people. Lord, I want you to touch your people through your word. And all throughout His Word, it's filled with places. The most beautiful story in the Bible is the woman who didn't feel worthy 
didn't feel like she was loved or cared for by anybody. Everybody had literally out, she was an outcast in every area of society. And she would go in the heat of the day up to the well and there she would try to dip out her water and get back to town and lock herself up before everybody came by to talk about her. But Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, I have to go by Samaria. I must, the word says, I must go by Samaria. His disciples were like, Lord, we're headed to Jerusalem. And Jesus said, I must needs go by Samaria. And there he went and he sat and the guys were like, we're hungry. And Jesus said, go get food. And he sat there all by himself waiting, 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 wait. So glad he waited on me. I'm so glad he waited on me. I'm so glad he didn't give up on me. I'm so glad. Do you know that woman's story was that she was just not the, she didn't have the best reputation in town. But Jesus loved her unconditionally in the leprosy of her sin. And he waited for her. And when she got there, her life was transformed. She went for water. And if you read the story closely, you find out she left her water pot right there by the well and ran back to town to tell everybody what she had just experienced and who she had met. Just one touch from you. Just one touch. Just one touch of the master. That's all you need. Oh, I don't know what I believe. I don't know whether I have faith. I don't know if I can go. I don't know all the answers. Just one touch from you. That's all we need tonight. One touch from the master. And I tell you, he is seeking. He's looking. He's waiting. He'll wait as long as he's got to wait. That's the awesome thing about the grace you sing about tonight. The grace of the Lord. Saved by grace. Don't deserve it. Never could earn it. Have it. Could not possibly buy it in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing I can do that will ever cause me to be worthy of my place in God's kingdom. But oh, for the rugged cross of Calvary that purchased my salvation and gave me the wonderful touch of Christ over my life. Thank you, Lord. God touched. God touches. Not a man, not a wife, not a child, not another human being, no one, no. God touches. Oh, there ain't nothing like getting yourself in position somewhere where God can touch you. As I've said before, and I said at the beginning, there are times I've just got to get off somewhere. And I know that I've got to, that one of the reasons why I get off in the early morning on Sunday mornings, I've committed years ago to getting up very early on Sunday morning. And when I get up early, that one purpose is not because I'm so holy, Brother Orville, it's because I know I need the touch of God. 
I know what I need when I get up. I can't go on my own. If, I, if I'm out and, and I'm not able to get somewhere and get the refueling that I need, I don't know how people do it. So, someone testified to me not too long ago in, in a counseling session. From the, they were a relative, so it's not like I'm picking on someone here. They literally looked at me and they were like, man, I, I haven't prayed in, in months. I'm like, I didn't want to look shocked. But on the inside, I was like, how in the world? How in the world can you make it? How in the world could you survive? I need His touch. I can't move without His touch. I've got to have it. I get hungry for it. I've got to have, I know my mood changes. My personality changes. I get gruff. There are times I'll come in the office and I know I'm in a bad mood. I've got to get off and close my door and get in the presence of the Lord and I've got to get a touch changes everything changes everything i want you to stand with me tonight the infinite power of the universe infinite authority infinite wisdom infinite love infinite goodness purity infinite justice no end limitless it's like jupiter trying to touch a molecule wiping up next to a molecule that's the touch of God and even more than that James it's the power of God that literally moves past that nucleus past that and goes right to the center to the core just one touch that's all we need just one touch there are some of you tonight, you're, going, you're wrestling with sickness and disease. There are some that are wrestling with, with depression, discouragement. There are some that are wrestling all kinds of different trials and troubles. The enemy is tr working hard in overtime. When you get saved, how many of you know it doesn't turn into some cute little rose garden the rest of your life? As a matter of fact, you're hated by the enemy of this world more than ever. If you think that you're signing up for something you aren't going to have to battle the rest of your life, then somebody has told you the wrong thing. But I will tell you this, there is such a sustaining supernatural force. There is a power in the world and the universe. He's out there right now. He's in this house right now. The angels of the Lord are standing around the balconies of this house. And right here, right now, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, preach it, preacher! Challenge my people to step in where the waters are being stirred. Jesus looked at the man at Bethesda and he said, Will you be made whole? Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? God is asking the same question. There is more power. There is more. They got a space station up there flying around. Some man's been up there, going to be up there a full year out there in outer space there is more power right here in this sanctuary tonight than there is that's holding that satellite up there in the, in space there's there is wires and all kinds of electrons and all kinds of uh what to, i don't know how that the power of the air radio signals and all i don't even know what you call all that stuff 
you, you got satellite signals and you got direct TV and you got, you got Time Warner cable and you got all these things. There's some, how many cell phones are in the house tonight? Lift up your hand. How many cell phones? Do you realize how many beams that is all over this sanctuary? And you don't see that. You don't even see it. They're all over there. They're crisscrossing all over this house tonight. If you could see in the, in the unnatural world of all of that technology, you wouldn't believe what you'd see in this house right now. Lit up like Christmas. There is a God. There is a power at work in this house tonight, right here, right now, that can literally supersede any power you've ever experienced. We go over to Armco, to AK Steel, you walk back in there and see the hot, melting metals and the fire and the liquid of that heat. Scared to death to get near it. There is more power in this house tonight than there is down at AK Steel. And that power will change your life. He wants to transform you. Can I just be honest? Some of us, we need to lay our, our persons down. Well, I've been saved for 25 years, right? Maybe, maybe in all those years, God still needs to get a hold of your person. needs to change you, transform you, turn you into the servant of God, the, the called child of God. Turn your life around. Answer every question you have. Give you a determination, an anointing, and a calling that will lead you through. I'm telling you, God is not limited by age. He's not limited by lack of wisdom. You may be so young, you feel like you can't do anything. That's ridiculous. He's a God of great power. You may feel like you're too old. You, you've already done your season. You've done your time. Let me tell you something. As long as there's breath in your body... As long as there is a heart beating in your body, there is the power of God to use you and to anoint you and to let the work of God go forward. The power of the Lord wants to touch your heart and life tonight. He wants to transform and change your circumstance, your situation. There are things that you've lived with. There are things that you've just gone on with and you've just thought this is just the way it's going to be. I'm telling you, there is a divine touch of the supernatural in this house tonight. You may need healed. I believe God heals. Sister Linda, one more time, get to tell. She went and had her latest, her latest report. Two brand new tests since we all glorified God and shouted about her being healed. Now, I'm not talking about a little headache talking about stage three kidney failure scared to death gave it to God the power of God in one touch it wasn't three weeks or two weeks it wasn't her fasting for 21 days which all those things are great but one touch it was it was right here it was right here I knew when the lightning hit, I knew when the power hit her in the top of the head, she went down to her knees, she stood up and she looked at me and it was, she got over this far. She whispered to me and she said, 
I have never felt so much power in all my life. I know something has happened. And she has been back to the doctor several times since. They have two different reports. One report says stage three kidney failure. The next one shows no problem whatsoever. She's been healed. She's went back twice for two tests. And they keep coming back saying there's nothing wrong with your kidneys. God touched you. One touch. One touch. Stage four cancer. It hadn't got you. How many years? Six and a half years. Doug and I, sound man, we stood in the hospital outside by the window and we were talking about your service. The doctors had pretty much said, plan for the, for the worst. So he's like, I don't even know how, how to, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do that. I don't want to plan my mom's service. As you laid in the room, right in there. But one touch from God and six and a half years later she's sitting in this service on a Sunday night somebody ought to thank God for the touch of the Lord just one touch just one touch that's all we need one touch there's several of you in here tonight I already know who you are many of you you need a touch from God you came here hungry tonight. You came here thirsty for the touch of God. You came in here saying, I've got to get my life together. I want the touch of the Lord. I've got to get an answer. I don't want to go back home the way I came. Guess what? You won't. You won't. The power of God that I'm talking about is the power that created the whole universe. The power of God is the one that transforms and changes any and every life that's ever come to Him. He will in no wise cast anyone away. Who needs the touch of salvation tonight? Bow your heads with me quickly. Who needs, who needs salvation? You say, preacher, I, what are you talking about? I'm talking about you need to accept Christ. You need to, you need to trust Christ. You need to let him come into your heart and life tonight. You, you can't leave here. You, you know too much now. You've heard this. And, and the Holy Spirit is touching you. So you see, if you sense and feel any, anything, any power at all at work, if you sense the touch, the love of God, that he might just be talking to you. The devil will try to tell you, oh, that's this, that preacher. He's just playing on your emotion. He's just playing on your intellect. Don't listen to that. This is what you want. This is what you need in your life. You were created to give God worship. You were created as His special child, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. That's you. Just one touch, and your heart will be transformed forever. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd say, Preacher, I'll pray that prayer with you tonight. I will accept Christ. I will do it right here, right now, in this seat, where I stand. I, I'll do it. I'm ready. Don't want to be lost. The world is an ugly place. There are no answers out there. The Republicans don't have it. The Democrats don't have it. I, I don't see it on the world uh, schematic or stage. I know there's no answers out there. I have faith. I've been raised to no faith. And I hear you tonight and I'm ready. I'm ready to receive Christ into my life. If you're here, shoot your arm up and right back down and we're going to pray. You're here tonight. Is there anyone at all? I'll just wait a few seconds. Amen. Got you. Thank God. Thank you. Anyone else? I want to get things right with Jesus. I want to get things right with the Lord. 
want to accept him tonight. I'm just waiting a few more seconds. Christians are praying. Anyone else constrained in your heart? On this Sunday night, I will receive Christ. Just one touch. God bless you. God bless you, son. I see your hand. Just one touch. Amen. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? All right. We're going to pray a prayer. I've said it often and I'll say it again because it's important. A prayer can't save you. It isn't about words that we say. It's not a magic formula. It goes back to the touch. You see, the only people who need to respond tonight are the ones the Holy Spirit is challenging, it's touching. So that's why I don't sit here and try to count a whole bunch of people and want a bunch of people to lift their hands. I only want the ones the Holy Spirit's speaking to. Because you won't, you won't get saved if the Holy Spirit isn't touching you. But if, you're, if you feel that touch on your life, and you pray this prayer, we're just going to help you with a prayer that leads you to the throne. But if you pray this prayer and it comes from your heart and not just from your lips, then that touch is coming straight from heaven to your heart. Transforming your life right here, right now. Let's pray. Everyone in the house, if you lifted your hand, pray with me. If you didn't, but you need to do it, go ahead and pray it anyway. Just make sure you tell somebody because the Bible is clear. You've got to believe it and confess it. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. You're the Son of God. You're the answer for the world. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You are the Son of God. You purchased my salvation. So I come to you. Forgive me. I accept you as Lord of my life. Help me to grow, to live for you, to be found faithful when you come for me. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Praise God for those that have accepted Christ tonight. Amen. But now, but now before we, before we dismiss, and we've got a special announcement we're going to make in just a few moments. But, so don't go anywhere. But I want as many of you as will, especially those who need that touch. But if you don't need the touch, somebody else does. I want you to come with them. I want all over this house for you to get out from your seat and meet me in this altar as quickly as you can. Would you come? With all my heart to show I love you Like I never have before One touch. If it comes with fire, so be it. If it comes with water, so be it. If it comes in wind, so be it. Just touch me, Lord. Just touch me, Lord. Would you turn now and find someone there that you can pray with? Don't let anybody pray alone. Move in real close. Some are in the altar praying and others are standing back. Would you just, just look for someone? You can just gently place a hand on their shoulder. Don't, don't, don't be invasive, but touch them right where you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Before, I really want to show to draw close and to know 
come before you, Lord. I long to see your face. Let your glory fall around me. Check my secret place. I want to know you more than I ever have before. I hunger for you, Lord. I really want to know you with all my heart to show you.
service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com.
If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.